It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining me today, as he does every Friday, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, a little Ferg Friday action. What's going on, dude? Oh, you know, just a boring run of the mill week for uh, Auburn athletics, you know, just just casual, nothing too uh, stressful or uh, (laughs) anything like that. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Beginning of the week was was a little chaotic, but uh, uh, we're good now. It seems like it still is. It still seems like this non uh, nonstop talk about the quarterback position, and then oh yeah, that's yeah, that's that's you know that will never that's end. Normal. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. The coaching stuff seems to have died down a little bit with the wide receiver right. coach situation, but you do just uh, I mean as good as any outlet. I think uh, I think you're the best outlet in regards to basketball on the beat. And so you started writing Thank basketball you. stuff this week as well. So it's been a crazy week over at the Auburn observer. Yeah, it has been. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always a little iffy whenever I jump into basketball because, you know, unlike, um, all other outlets, we only do one newsletter a day. That's kind of how the format works. So, yeah. um, I'm always kind of iffy about like, okay, when we switch into basketball, are people going to read it? Or is it like, Oh no, it's actually football scene. The amount of excitement for Auburn basketball and the amount of uh, the amount of talent I think this team has has a, has a lot of people fired up and so yeah we're in September reading about basketball and uh, it, it was cool to go out and and uh, watch them uh, for an extended period at, at practice this week yeah so that's cool we may do a little basketball at the end of today's show if you're cool with it but yeah first thing I mean you mentioned it and people are asking me to make sure they get the your opinion on the quarterback situation what do you know mm-hmm. what do you think what do you feel leading into tomorrow's game. Yeah, I think no one's going to know for sure uh, until we get to Saturday. Um, I, I do know that uh, Auburn has done what I thought they were going to do this week, which is Bo Nix and TJ Finley both getting first-team reps. One of the things about TJ Finley coming in what, and doing what he did against Georgia State was that he did he wasn't, he hadn't been getting a lot of first-team reps in practice. So seeing how that is, and, and I guess – giving him a little bit more run with the first team to say, okay, well, was what we saw on Saturday a spark? You know, Knicks didn't have it. Yeah. You got it. You had to do something different. He was the guy at the end who came in and saved you for it. Or is this like, okay, is this offense better off with him running it than Knicks? And that's, there are pros and cons on both sides. And I think Brian Harson and Mike Bobo are doing their due diligence this week and saying, okay, let's, let's evaluate. Let's see, you know, what this offense looks like. Um, I think the game plan for LSU is going to be, um, you know, very specific to that. You know, what do we want to do against LSU's defense? And is Nick's a better fit for that? Or is Finley a better fit for that? And those are questions that only they can answer. Um, But doesn't seem to be locked in one way or another as of the time we're recording this. And uh, I think we'll find out, uh, uh, you know, on Saturday uh, closer to game time. When do you think the team will find out? Do you think they already know? Do you think maybe they suspect one way or the other, but it's not officially announced, but maybe one guy's getting more reps than the other at this point of the week? How, how do you think that's going? I, I think by the time they are headed towards Baton Rouge, they probably would have a good idea. 
uh, of that. Um, you know, there was some talk kind of earlier in the week that maybe they'd have a decision a little earlier and that, that ended up not being the case. So I think those guys are going to know. I think the guys on offense are going to know what the game plan is going to be and, and, and have that in there. And again, I think there are pros and cons for both of these guys. And um, I do know that, uh, you know, this, the, these two quarterbacks have, uh, have a lot of support from their teammates. I think the, there's excitement for, for both of these guys or support for both of these guys. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see what, what Auburn ends up going with because I think, you know, this isn't even a question if, you know, they don't make the tough decision in the end of the third quarter. This has been Nix's job for a very, very long time. Yeah. And didn't look like Finley really had much of a chance to be in this position. Uh, but one game in a desperate situation can change a lot. So, uh, it's about how much stock do you put into that and how much moving forward is, is that going to change things? Because I think the offensive production, which I wrote about in the film room at the Observer this week, wasn't drastically different with Finley in the game compared to Nixon. And there's a number of reasons for that. Sure. But there were a few areas that you really, really, really like, I think, about Finley's game and how he how he did, that if that is something you want to focus on or key on against LSU, he might be the guy you want to go with. If not stick with your number one guy um, in continuity and then have Finley there, you know, as a backup in case it does go south. I mean, maybe he has another bad performance and you can always put him into the game. It's a little bit tougher when it's the other way around. Sure. You got a gut feeling, Justin? My gut feeling saying, Bo, I don't know if that's the right decision. I don't know if that's what I would do. In fact, right. if, I, I think it's better for Auburn long-term to start Finley. Um, but my gut says Bo Nick starts Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the week, I was thinking, okay, they're they're probably going to end up going with Finley. And then the more we've gotten onto the week, I've kind of more leaned towards Bo just Same. because of kind of, I guess, logically, when you kind of play it all out, you're like, yeah, if I, I think if there's a majority opinion one or another, what will happen, not what, what Auburn fans want to happen, but what will happen, it probably should be leaning toward, more towards Knicks just because the thing, I mean, are you going to let a little over a quarter change everything you've done before that right you know how much stock do you how much stock do you put into that um but i mean it really and truly i think could go either way um but the more we've gotten into the week the more i've kind of leaned towards Bo. um because i also think like i said just a moment ago like it's much easier to pull finley in if Bo struggles than is to put Bo back in if finley gets the start and struggles there right and the narrative has been if Bo starts he's got a short leash and then like harson can't ever go back to him i don't know if that's necessarily true but that's kind of what the narrative is right it's like if Bo gets right. pulled again it's done do you do you buy into that yeah i mean it would be tough right like it would be tough um to to go back again for a third time. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's impossible. I think it is much tougher though, to start a guy like TJ Finley and then bring your former starter back into the mix and say, all right, it's you guy, uh, go for yeah. it. And it's like, you know, what does that do for your confidence? What does that do for your kind of mental aspect of it? I, you know, and I hate playing sports psychologist on guys, but yeah. that that is something that is something that that sequence would be really really tough to kind of kind of navigate. I would think. Sure, I think, and I've said this throughout the week, Jay Ferg. I'd love your thoughts on it. I think the worst case scenario for Auburn football, when you look at the whole scope of the season, and you look at the beginning of the Harson era, and then just the program itself, I think the worst case scenario of what could happen Saturday night is they start Bo Nix and the offense looks really bad, 
and they lose. I think that's the worst case scenario because I think a lot of the fan base is going to be really, really upset about it. Yeah, it's not good optics wise either way. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that people would be a little bit more forgiving. The fan base would be more forgiving if it was Finley. Who yeah, struggled. it's like, oh, you, you tried something different. Okay. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I said this, um, I said this over the weekend. I, I feel like Bo Nix is kind of a microcosm of the Gus Malzahn era, the end of the Gus Malzahn era. Not only was he his last big quarterback, yeah, but, you know, one of the big things about Bo Nix is this, is that, you know, there are high moments, there are low moments with him. The consistency is is just wasn't there. And that's kind of what we saw with Malzahn's teams as a whole towards the end. Finley, kind of like Harson, represents something new, something different, something that Auburn fans have wanted to see, just something something new and something different. We don't know for a fact that it's better on the other side, right? It's a gamble. It's a risk. Bringing in Harson was a risk. Sure. Putting Finley in this situation is a risk. But I think depending on your perspective as a fan – kind of gauges like how willing you are to say, well, we just need to try something different anyway. Um, You know, no matter what the results are. And I think results are definitely going to color people's opinions of the whole quarterback situation. But I do think it's kind of an interesting metaphor to kind of represent what was going on with Auburn in 2021, which is you've got the holdover, you got the last kind of, and there's some really, really good talented pieces from the Malzahn era. And then there's a lot of newness there. And it's like, the switch is going to be made, but how early is it going to be made and how effective is it going to be? Because, you know, it wasn't like Auburn was terrible mm-hmm. with Gus Malzahn and it's not like Bo Nix is a terrible quarterback. He's had good games. He's had good moments in his career. It just wasn't consistent. Right. Right. Do you think there's a, a different strategy in regards to, and Daniel asked this and I'm changing the wording of his question a little bit. He asked this on Twitter, but do you think there's any kind of difference as far as what's better for one game versus what's better for the rest of the season based on who they go with? Um, I, I do think that this game is, I don't know if I want to call it must win, but like it's really, really important to get this game because this is a gettable one for you. And Georgia's going to be nothing as nearly as gettable. Arkansas is a better team. Ole Miss is a better team. Texas A&M, depending on what they look like a quarterback in a month may or may not be a better team. Like those, I mean, this, this could get real ugly if it gets sideways on Auburn. Um, so I think they're going to evaluate it as like, you know, it's back to the hearts and mindset, you know, one and oh every week, you know, you have that NFL kind of like locked in. This is what we're doing for right now. We got to win this game right now. And so I think what they're going to go with is whatever they feel like is the best way to get this win this week mm-hmm. and then spin it moving forward. Yeah. Uh, because I think this game is so important for Auburn that they can't afford to play the what if in the future. They just need to get the win and how, whatever it takes, whether that's Knicks or Finley, they got to get it done. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Justin Ferguson, our guest. Hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Right down off of I-85, if you're uh, leaving the Auburn, Opelika, County area, heading into Georgia, right when you cross that state line, you'll see billboards all over the place. They have great selection, 100,000 square feet of just pure selection with great prices, and their tax situation's different than ours in Alabama, so a lot lower prices, and uh, yeah, yeah, I highly recommend you check out our good friends at Frisky Whiskey. They've been partners with us for a while now. Also... Our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It looks and tastes like a candy bar, very high in protein, very low in calories and sugar. 
Check it out. They've got a ton of different flavors, all very, very good. Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Justin Ferguson, our guest today. What's going on at the Auburn Observer? We touched on some of it at the top of the show, but a ton of really, really cool things. Yeah, it's been a busy week. All game weeks are busy weeks during football season, but Monday, film room on uh, the difference Auburn had with TJ Finley compared to Bo Nix and two key areas where there was a difference. It makes it interesting to see what LSU is going to bring. Tuesday did a uh, breakdown of kind of everything that I knew and saw and heard and understand about the decision to part ways with Cornelius Williams and bring in Eric Kizo as, as the new wide receivers coach. Uh, Wednesday did a observations, did some observations from what we did this week, talking to Bruce Pearl, a number of Auburn basketball players and get an opportunity to watch Auburn basketball practice for, you know, nearly the full couple hours the other day. Um, we did a really good podcast this week. I thought it was one, uh, probably our longest one we've done yet uh, with our uh, buddy Brody Miller from the athletic who covers LSU, got his perspective on the game, talked a lot about what's going on at Auburn this week. Mailbag's up today. It's another big one uh, if you were listening to this on a Friday. Uh, and then this weekend, observations, post-game podcast, film room at some point. I might be a little delayed this week with the film room just because of the travel situation at LSU and how freaking late this game is on Saturday. Unreal. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on at the Auburn Observer. $6 a month or $60 a year gets you signed up. We are now fully in year two of paid subscriptions which is really cool to see and yeah uh, there's been a lot of people on board yeah i signed up the first day that you could uh for the observer and yeah i got an email that my my stuff renewed so i was like oh okay cool sweet easiest decision in the world so and shout out to all of you who subscribe and who have continued to subscribe it's you know one of the biggest things when you're a subscription-based site and this is what i dealt with when i was at the athletic um that renewal time when you have that first big rush of uh, of guys, and then a year later, you really start kind of being like, "Oh no, oh no!" You know, is everybody going to stay on board? You know, what happens if we drop off a lot? And uh, I mean, I appreciate everybody for for uh, for their support and all that because we have had uh, very few people drop off in the last uh, couple of weeks, and when they have, they've kind of basically said, "Hey, you know." Um, financial things or stuff like sure. that, but most people are staying on board and we appreciate every single one of you do. And I know there's a lot of people who listen that are, that are subscribers in that. And, uh, you guys are, uh, you guys are really, really important to what we're doing. Uh, and actually the whole reason we do what we do and we yep. can actually keep doing it. So thank yep. y'all. And now they're on YouTube. We're getting in front of a, a ton of new folks, a brand new audience. So if you're unfamiliar with Justin's work, be sure to check that out. AuburnObserver.com. Great time to sign up. Now that basketball is about to get going too. And it's going to be, uh, mm-hmm. A really fun time of year. All right, Justin. So there's a lot of talk about quarterbacks this week, obviously. But I think the irony here, and please stop me if you disagree, but the irony is, like, I don't think the quarterback position is what's going to win or lose the game for the Tigers on Saturday. I think it's going to really come down to, like, they should be able to run the football at will against LSU, looking at, you know, what they've done so far and strengths and weaknesses of Auburn's offense versus LSU's defense. I mean, this should be a really big game for Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think this game is going to come down to some trench warfare. And that's easy to say because it's always like, sure. you know, yeah. there was a thing this week where it was like, uh, and Bert Aristamon was like, yeah, it's going to come down to us. And it's like, yeah, the offensive line knows it's going to be important. It's like, well, name a game where the offensive line isn't important in football. Um, any level. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L- literally, any, it's the one position group that has to do something on every single play yeah. correctly. And so, um, but I do think, 
Auburn and LSU both have offensive lines that have had some really tough times recently. Um, LSU's offensive line is kind of a mess. It's not uh, good. They have the worst running rate uh, yards per carry in the SEC this year. I know they've had some guys like John Emery not be, but be clear, but they can't move the ball on the ground at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and secondly, their pass protection has been leaky at times. Whereas Auburn on the other side, we have seen them play well and run the ball. Even at Penn State, I thought the offensive line did well against Penn State, um, and you know held up in protection decently well against a tough front. And LSU's got that. Um, but last week against Georgia State, couldn't run the ball nearly as effectively. Um, mistakes up front, missing some matchups. I thought Georgia State played a much cleaner and more disciplined brand of football, uh, and it made a big difference. But so I, I look at this game very similar to like uh, I talked about two weeks ago with the Penn State game. I think whichever offensive line plays better, and if that team doesn't make a ton of mistakes, so you know on top of that, it's probably going to be the one that wins this game. And yeah. both lines have ups and downs. Um, so yeah, I mean I think this is a game they've got to get Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter and Sean Shivers going. They, I mean that could be huge in this game. LSU's got a great pass rush, but got blown up uh uh on the ground against uh against UCLA. Uh a, a team in Mississippi State that hates running the ball ever ran for like nearly four and a half yards of carry against them and like ran the ball 20 something times, which never happens yeah. because it's open, but they've got a ferocious pass rush. And so this this thing's gonna be big. Can the offensive line step up, play some play some good ball to keep them ahead of the chains? Uh, because the last thing you want to do is, whether it's Bo or TJ Finley, you do not want to open them up against that LSU pass rush because they are very, very good. Right, right. Do you think that's a concern, that LSU pass rush? I mean, I've been really impressed with the offensive line so far. I know a lot of the fan base really got on them for the Georgia State outing. I don't think they were awful by any stretch of the imagination. I just think they kind of were in a situation where there are too many guys to block. But mm-hmm. what's the, do you like Auburn's offensive line against LSU's elite pass rush? LSU's pass rush, it, it depends. So, like, LSU's pass rush is really, really good at getting home. We saw Mississippi State. I think they only had one sack against Mississippi State last week, but State runs an air raid, and it's it's a lot of get the ball out of your hands as quickly yeah. as possible. Um, so, it's like I said, you got to stay ahead of the chains in this game. Can Auburn establish a good enough running game to make sure that when they are throwing the ball, it's more second and four and five and third and three and four than necessarily third and eight or second and long, like, that's got to be the big thing for them because if you have to drop back and have time for those guys to get downfield, that pass rush will get home uh, because they are not doing hot this season as run stoppers. Um, they might have a little too many kind of edge guys that that uh, can kind of get pushed around a little bit when you go downhill running game on them. But man, they can eat you up if you're if you're uh, if you're dropping back to pass. So yeah, I I think you know. It's a concern if Auburn puts itself in bad situations a lot, right? They've got to stay ahead of the chains. And yeah. I'm not saying Auburn's got to come in there and say, we got to – I mean, you want to have an explosive passing game finally this season. You want to bust some big runs. I get that. Explosiveness is something that this offense is continuing to chase, and they want to hit it. I get that. But, like, some good methodical football in this game could be enough to to, to win in this type of matchup, um, especially on the offensive side, just because – I think that there's some real deficiencies at certain spots with LSU uh, that if you just play a clean, concise football game, um, you can win, and the offensive line's got a ton of experience. It's not like they haven't been in this situation before. Right. 
Justin Ferguson, our guest. I got one more football question for him coming up next, and then we'll touch on some some Auburn basketball stuff. Today's show brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Number one spot for pro and college football this season. Head over to betonline.ag, whether it's on your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, whatever. Use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also, today's show brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is a daily fantasy game made easy. I love this. I know you will too. It's the leader in all college sports daily fantasy. And they offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers uh, all the star players the power five, as well as mid-major players that you might not have ever heard of. So a lot of stuff going on there. Um, all of the folks listening that go to prizepicks.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, or go to the App Store and download their app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Justin Ferguson, our guest today. All right, I got one more uh, question, and this was uh, from, I think, a YouTube comment, Jay Ferg, but we know, do we know what's going on with Zykevious Walker? Uh, I was asked to give you that question today. As in the injury? Yeah. Is, is it just, is he out, is he going to be out for a bit? That I have not heard of. Uh, injury yeah. reports have been really kind of tight, tight-lipped this right. year, but no, I, do, I don't have any new info on Walker, and he wasn't one of the guys that was asked about this week, so um, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. Uh, in, in the case of complete transparency, uh, that injury kind of slipped my mind because uh, of yeah. all the other stuff that went on in the Georgia State game, so we'll see. Sure. Uh, he, is, uh, he is an effective guy, though, in that rotation if they can't have him back. Um, but uh, Auburn's got some depth there that they'll be able to try out other guys if he's not ready to go. Any other injuries you're looking at? It seems like Owen Papo is likely to be back. I read that somewhere today. Uh, any other guys that you're kind of thinking, okay, maybe they can make it back in time for LSU? Yeah, Demetrius Robertson should be available to play. He was available against Georgia State. I think Auburn's got so many receivers, though, that they yeah. were not going to risk it in that game. Same thing, Papo, uh, you know, not – definitive that he was going to play on Saturday against LSU, but they seem like his progress from coming back from that injury is, is good. He's, you know, Hartson's talked about how tough he is and how he's done everything he needs to do. Um, so I, I would feel better about that. I mean, if this was in, this was the NFL, your, your designation, I don't know if you would be maybe probable. I think probable might be the word, okay. word you use there. I don't know if you're necessarily I mean, questionable is probably a little bit safer than sorry in that situation, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it for the big, big injuries right. at this point. And apologies to Zachary Walker, um, who I really like. Uh, I just, You've been uh, really honestly, high on him all summer, yeah. Just kind of slipped my mind because of all the chaos that happened in that Georgia State game. Sure, no question, no question. All right, let, let's spend the, uh, these last few minutes here, Justin, talking about Auburn basketball. I mean, we've talked about the mm-hmm. depth of this team. Obviously, Alan Flanagan going down hurts the depth a little bit, but... Um, uh, I think it was in your your newsletter. I mean, Pearl talking about it's a serious injury. They don't really know exactly when he's expected to be back. But who are some guys on this team that you're excited to watch? Well, I mean, I shouldn't be the first person to tell you that Jabari Smith's really good at basketball. Um, sure. We watched him at practice, and I've heard this, you know, um, throughout the summer. But there's a chance he could be their best three-point shooter uh, percentage-wise. And he is 6'10". All right? <laughs> so that is a weapon that you – have not had if you were Auburn. Um, Most people don't, by the way. Yeah, exactly. He's got a beautiful jump shooting stroke. Um, 
Bruce talked about the four guard offense where you, you said, you know, I'm tired of really calling them power forwards anymore. Cause we use them in this four out offense, kind of like a big guard. That's him. That's, that's Jabari Smith. He, I said this when when he committed to Auburn and first started watching him more kind of scouting wise, and it's like he looks like a dude who was a wing and then just immediately grew into big man size, and it's like it happened overnight. Um, yeah, not saying they're the same player, but it's the similar vibes to like what happened with Anthony Davis in high school. If you don't know, Anthony Davis was a point guard and then he like grew like nearly a foot uh, <laughs> in, in the course of like eighteen months. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. He he does look more natural like a guard wing type of player. Um, but really excited to see more of him. I think Auburn fans, uh, if you haven't picked up on it yet, Wendell Green Jr. is maybe this the spiritual child of uh, of Jared Harper. Uh, he is small. He has got an explosive first step, and he will shoot it as soon as he steps into the gym. Um, very fearless in that aspect. I think Auburn fans are going to love watching him play. Uh, and then uh, you know the, the the Walker Kessler, of course, sure. uh, is is an anomaly to watch. And I think figuring, out, I think Auburn's going to have an interesting time figuring out what all to do with him early, like just like because he is such a different type of player. Um, but I will say this: Bruce was talking about the three guards that they have, and and knowing that like Zep Jasper can play the one or the two, Wendell can really right. only play the one, but KD can also fill in at the one but it's that little three-man rotation they've got back there at guard between those two spots i will say this when zep jasper and katie johnson are on the floor at the same time that they are going to be absolute buzzsaws on defense watching them in practice when they get it they are relentless dudes on defense so uh you know auburn fans who want to see auburn be better on the defensive end this season especially in the backcourt I mean, those two guys have got not not shaming anything for taking anything from Wendell Green. Uh, he's just a smaller guy whose offense is ahead of his defense. But man, Jasper and Johnson together, that that's a potent defensive lineup. Yeah, I think those guys are roommates too. It seems like they're pretty close and waking mm-hmm. up at like five o'clock every morning, going to work out and getting after it. So that's been uh, that's been cool. The, the chemistry and the 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 yeah. family vibe seems like they're um, seems like this is a very close team already. It's a close team, and it's a very hard-working team. Bruce Pearl called it the hardest-working team he's had at Auburn. Uh, Devin Cambridge says it's the hardest-working team he's ever been around. These guys get along. Jalen Williams said they're goofy. It's a goofy uh, but competitive group. So, like, off the floor, they're, you know, hanging out and, and joking around with each other, spending a lot of time with one another. On the floor, they're going after each other as hard as they can, but it's all, you know, it's all love afterwards. Um, it's a it's a good vibe from this team. I, I, I definitely – and, and – it's not like there's been bad vibes from Auburn teams in the past. It's just it does feel like after what all they went through last season uh, with COVID and all that and knowing that things are a little bit more back to, back to normal this year or a lot more back to normal in some cases, mm-hmm. they have these new guys. They were able to get them in early enough and kind of get them you know, ingrained with the team and, their, and the culture. Uh, there's a lot of buy-in from this group, and uh, they know they've got a lot of work to do. They're very, very talented. They know they're very, very talented, uh, but they're missing – one of their best players from last season to start the year and they haven't played uh, with each other. And this non-conference schedule is not necessarily a slouch by any means. Um, So they know they have a lot of work to do and there are going to be some ups and downs, but it looks like they're willing to put in the work and that's, that's a great time for any Auburn fan. Yeah. It's going to be a fun season. It's be a fun season for for sure. sure. How much is Alan Flanagan missing? I mean, I guess we don't know exactly how much time he's going to miss, but sounds like it's going to be a lot. How much does that affect the upside, the ceiling of this team? 
Yeah. So the real question is to me is like, how, what does Flanagan look like when he comes back? Because right. the Flanagan that got hurt before he got hurt, it, he is, I mean, he really grew. I, I know the point guard stuff he had to do last season really affected his stats and it affected what people thought about him. But when he got to play his natural position and got to play that physical downhill basketball game and was more confident on the offensive end and still brought, brought it on defense. That's a that's a great two way player that you can build build your team around. Can be a good connecting piece. So it's like how healthy and how good is he going to look coming back is key. If he's back and he's back to the old Allen Flanagan, this is going to be one of the best teams in the SEC. It's going to be one of the best teams in college basketball. If it takes a little while for him to get back, it's going to depend on when he comes back. If it's you know in non conference play, get some games to get going. Maybe by the by the time you hit meat of SEC play, he's taken off. It takes a little longer than that. SEC is going to be a bloodbath this year. So yeah. it might be one of those situations where Auburn get, catches fire late. And if he gets back to 100% or gets back to his old ways, they catch fire late, head into March, playing their best basketball, which is what you want to have. So I think how, to answer your question, I think how Flanagan comes back and what he looks like comes back kind of ultimately affects Auburn's chances to be a team that can win the SEC in the regular season. Uh, but I think ultimately it's a long season, and as long as they're back to you know playing their best ball by the end of the year and coming in with momentum, and we saw what what that did for them in the Final Four run, um, this team's definitely got talent to, to to do that. Sure, haven't talked about this much on the pod, Jay Ferg, but tip off at Tumors is next Thursday, leading yep. up to uh, the Georgia weekend. A lot of folks I think will be downtown. For folks going or, or watching or you know however they want to you know consume this uh, this early basketball action, what are some things to look for, or is it just kind of kind of be more of a pep rally thing? And you're like, yeah, there's not really going to be a whole lot of information to get from this. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot of info from from this. This is uh, this is a indoor outdoor court that's a like a half court yeah. thing. The when they did this two years ago, it was like a three point shootout and a dunk contest, and they got to do some kind of stuff, kind of shooting around. But like, yeah, this is more of a Pep rally, get everybody thinking about Auburn basketball, excited, watch some guys do some cool stuff, and and girls as well. The women's team is going to be a part of that. And I, I, the women's team is going to be really interesting this year with the new with the new head coach, and they've got some new faces there as well. Uh, but yes, it's very it's very much a get hype kind of kind of event. Um, you know, you will not see much resembling real basketball in this. It is about getting people to be like, oh my God, Jabari Smith can hit hit those shots or yeah. look at how big Walker Kessler is or look at look at, you know, you know, look at all these newcomers like and, and Wendell Green's a clone back. of Jared Harper. <laughs> yeah, Wendell Green's gonna like try to shoot from like, you know, shoot from like uh Sanford Hall and, or stuff like that. Like he's right. gonna do those kind of things. But yeah, it's gonna be more of I, I encourage people who are in the area or around for that to go. It's a fun experience. The visuals are really cool mm-hmm. um to to see that kind of layout. Uh, but yeah, it is more of a uh, everybody. Let's get hype about Auburn basketball, uh, and it's it's a promotional event, which is which is pretty cool. But the space limitations make it hard to actually do actual basketball stuff. Yeah, Bruce Pearl's a genius. He's a genius. That's yeah. You know, nobody's better at marketing his his team than him. No period. way. You're right. What do people get when they sign up for the Auburn Observer? What's the easiest way for them to do it? All that good stuff, brother. Yeah, $6 a month, $60 a year, auburnobserver.com. Sign up with your email address. Everything we do gets sent to your inbox so you can read or listen on your own time. You get four or five newsletters a week, some basketball starting to float in there as well, as we just previously mentioned. get two podcasts as well, free one recapping the games on Sundays, another one usually on Thursday mornings previewing the next game. Uh, And, uh, yeah, we've had some guests, and we've had a lot of fun, and um, 
let's keep it rolling. Year two, baby. Year two. Let's go. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll be back on Monday to recap what could be a very, very fun weekend for the Auburn Tigers. We'll see. But yeah, we'll be back Monday right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.